eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The State of Recruiting is brought to you by 24-7 Sports and the Horns 24-7 Network of Podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast platform of your choice. We also invite you to listen to the other great shows on the Horns 24-7 Network, including The Flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown and The Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. Welcome back to this week's episode of The State of Recruiting, your weekly Horns 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined as always by Nick Harris, who is back from the islands, back to the mainland, uh, and back on the bay. Nick, how's it going today? It's going good. I'm no longer an island boy. Yeah. you uh, did, 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 the island, did the island vibes you know, permeate your soul? Oh, yeah. It changed me completely. No, it was a great time. I loved it out there. We're going to talk a little bit more about Nick's experience in Hawaii um, a little later. Uh, we've got a big show today. We're going to talk a little junior day, uh, talk about uh, the new 24-7 rankings that came out as well. Um, Nick, did you have some FOMO while you were out there on island time, um, while we were freezing our butts off, standing in front of uh, DKR interviewing kids on uh, Saturday? No, no, I actually did because uh, the tweets started rolling in at about 7 a.m. local time and, and Hawaii and um, I did have a little bit of FOMO. As much as we give the TMZ duty a little crap, I do love doing it. It's always a good day. We always get a ton of um, content and everything out of it. And, you know, that was no different. Um, Nick, since you weren't there, I'm going to kind of just uh, talk as much about what came out of Junior Day. If you want to add anything, I know you've talked to some guys after the fact or, you know, there were some offers of guys that you liked a lot. Uh, please do. But uh, I'm just going to kick it off with, um, I think, to me, the the biggest uh, biggest name that was on campus, the biggest guy that Texas really needed uh, to smash it with was JV and Taviano. And, uh, you know, it sounds like they did that with the five-star Martin Corner. He, um, you know, had a really good visit. Um, you know, he talked about you know, being back and seeing the facilities for the first time since they were finished. He was, he was in Austin last summer, but that was, uh, I think he was there the big 2023 weekend. We were all down there. Um, and that was really the last time he was there. Um, you know, Texas keeps in a lot of contact with him, mainly through Steve Sarkeesian and Jeff Banks, which with those two on the recruitment kind of shows you the importance of JV and Taviano. But the one thing that I noted in the stampede is, I think at some point Terry Joseph's going to need to be more involved here just because, um, you know, kids are going to, kids are going to want to have that relationship with their position coach. Um, You know, they're going to want to 
know the guy that they're spending most of the time with. When If JV and Taviano picks Texas and gets to campus, he's not going to be spending a lot of time with Jeff Banks. You know, he's going to be spending it with Terry Joseph. I think people on the board took that when I wrote it as Joseph's being lazy in this recruitment. That's not the case at all. It's just that Banks and Sarkeesian have been the primaries um, really on this recruitment. And Joseph is involved. It's just um, it, it's really not been his thing. Yeah, absolutely. They're, he's going to have to get involved for sure, especially when you have a five-star target like JV and Taviano in the state of Texas. Uh, being involved uh, from the get-go is probably best, but I understand the approach of giving uh, Sark and, and Jeff Banks the the lead way, the lead way there, and then letting Joseph come in at this point in the cycle, and you know, hopefully hammer it through throughout the next year. One guy that showed up that you've already got a crystal ball in for Nick and I uh, followed up was uh, Ashton Porter from Cy Ranch. Uh, showed up in all burnt orange, big smiles. Um, and, man, when you talk to that kid, it's kind of clear Texas is the leader, and he doesn't hide it extremely well. Um, you know, what he said that um, he's got some visits coming up, Texas Tech and Baylor. Uh, he's looking at his official visits for the spring. Uh, but, man, it really wouldn't surprise me to see if that kid made a, a decision earlier than taking his visits. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I think uh, he maybe even would have – there was an opportunity where he could have shut it down in the fall, but he extended his recruitment a little bit further just so he could see more places. And I, I think that's what he's, you know, planning to do over the course of the next few weeks and into the spring. He'll take his officials, but, you know, as I see it right now, I think Texas has such a sizable lead that, um, you know, it's it's – it's clear to call them the favorite and clear to go ahead and put in the crystal ball at this point in time. Yeah. So I wouldn't follow you on that one. Another big name that was there, Marcus deal from name and forest. We've talked about Marcus a bit, a uh, two way player on offensive line and defensive line. I really love his potential on the defensive line, uh, but I'm sorry on the offensive line, but Marcus has really kind of talked about playing defensive line. It's, it's, it's sort of what he prefers. And that's where Texas is primarily recruiting him. Uh, with Bo Davis. Um, seeing him, again, I like him a little more on the offensive side of the ball, but he could clearly play on either side. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting recruitment just based on, you know, the, the position versatility that he has, being able to play on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, but if Texas can appeal to what he wants, then, you know, that, that probably helps them at the end of the day. But I think all in all, that becomes a case where whatever college he decides to go to, they just kind of play around with him as a project and then, you know, determine what side of the ball he's probably best fit on. Um, but, hey, recruiting him on the defensive line right now isn't the worst thing. Another one that we were kind of, you know, had been looking for a little bit of insight on, and I think we got our answers this weekend, uh, was Westlake wide receiver Jaden Greathouse. You know, we've heard a lot of really strong things about Greathouse um, leading into, uh, you know, this the spring uh, but the question was always kind of where does he fit on the team you know is he a take in the sense of is he a wide receiver or a tight end but you know texas has really approached him like he's a major priority for them talking to some people there you know the the what i was told was hey man this kid may not classically fit the positions uh that that some people have in mind but there's no doubt he's a winner. He's a guy that gets on the field and makes plays. And like I said, I think, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, if you're creative enough offensively, you can certainly find a way to utilize a player like Greathouse. Yeah, I, I've been on the record many times to say I'm a huge fan of Greathouse. But I've also been on the record to say that, you know, while Greathouse is an exceptional player, he maybe doesn't do anything spectacular, but he does everything pretty damn good. So it makes him really well-rounded. It makes him an interesting prospect, especially for the next level. 
Um, and then talking in Texas terms, I don't believe there's a 2023 recruit who's visited Texas more than Jaden Greathouse. I think he was at every home game except for one. Um, he's been to most of the junior day events, most of the visit day events. Whenever he can be at DKR, he's there. So, you know, I think Texas is going to have an overwhelming uh, lead going into the spring, but uh, official visits are on the horizon. He's going to take his visits. He's going to see some schools like Notre Dame and and some others. So, uh, you know, Texas is just going to have to weather the storm, but I think it's a very attainable storm to weather. Uh, another big name that was there was Tallahassee, Florida's Jean-Paul Catholic safety, Macari Vickers. Um, Vickers actually came in last summer for a visit and then came back this time with an offer after Tashar Choice offered him. Um, I, I This kid is, a you know, just talking to him afterwards, seemed like a kid who has a legitimate interest in Texas. Um, there's some big schools in the running for him. And I think the safety picture is probably for me, the most interesting one in, in 23, cause there seems to be a ton of options right now. Um, but Vickers, I think is a guy we could potentially see come back for an official visit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Texas is going to have to widen the scope for the safety position. And it looks like they're already doing that. They had multiple, uh, four star or higher safeties on campus this past weekend. Um, and Makari Vickers is definitely an interesting one just based on his relationship with Shashar Choice. If you've been kind of keeping an idea uh, or an eye on the Twitter timeline over the course of the last few days, Tashar um, Choice has been handing out offers left and right in the state of Georgia and in northern Florida. So he's definitely taking his area of expertise and running with it. He's not just going to stick to the running back position. He's going to help in that area the best he can uh, because that's the area he's familiar with. And Makari Vickers is definitely one that – you know, getting him on campus, building that relationship, and hopefully getting him back in the spring for an official. That's huge to have a guy on staff that can do something like that. Um, another big target in this class, Lafayette Kaiway, the, the tight end from Arlington, Sam Houston. I think Texas has shown him he's far and away like the priority at the tight end position right now. Um, this is his third visit to campus since being offered. Uh, and and the staff is doing a really good job there. I could see TCU being kind of a school that would uh, that could be a potential threat. Uh, he is going to visit North Carolina, uh, but Texas is kind of pitching him on on a Jaleel Billingsley type role. Steve Sarkeesian and Jeff Banks have both been really heavy in that recruitment. Um, you know, Chris Gilbert's got a lot of ties to his his head coach, uh, Anthony Chris, or his former head coach, Coach Chris, actually just uh, just retired. Uh, but there there are a lot of ties there, and I think Texas is in a good position early with probably, you know, he he doesn't have the lofty ranking, but one of the more dynamic pass catchers in the state of Texas. Yeah, Jeff Banks identified him during the season um, and went ahead and extended an offer. That's a guy that they really want, and I think getting in on him early was huge. And determining, you know, how Texas will be able to again weather the storm as other uh, other contenders come into the picture. But um, you know, as I see it right now, Lafayette uh, and Texas definitely trending together. Another guy from out of state, Baton Rouge Woodlawn corner, Jordan Matthews. Uh, this is Nick. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe his third visit to campus. I know he was there at least last summer. I can't remember if he came for a game or not. That's that's second or third. Busy. Yeah, second or third, but he's shown a lot of interest on his own as well. I think Terry Joseph's done a really good job connecting there. Um, you know, Matthews told us he feels like he's kind of a fit for what they do defensively with his length um, and his ability. Obviously, you know, with a Louisiana kid, LSU is always going to be a tough you know, competition. I think Michigan, the, the kids high academics like Michigan, uh, 
you know, is going to be in there. He's mentioned Penn State, Texas A&M. So uh, there's going to be some suitors for him. But I think Texas is, uh, I wouldn't say positioned at the top, but I think they've done a really good job early on in the recruitment. Yeah, I think they're positioned well. If they can pull him out of the state of Louisiana and, and get him away from, from LSU, then, you know, I like Texas' chances if he decides to go out of state. One position that I think, and it's good news for Texas fans because it's what they've been wanting for years, I think that they've got the offensive linemen pitched down when it comes to campus. Those big guys come out and they talk, you know, rave about Kyle Flood and the pitch they get in the room, um, you know, the development, all that type of stuff. So when you look at the guys who were there, two guys that stand out to me that really talked about that, Jaden Chapman and Connor Stroh, uh, both big-time offensive linemen in the state of Texas. Both guys were Texas uh, was their first offer, so they were very early on. And I think that that's kind of rewarding, um, you know, the Longhorns at, at this point. You know, Chapman talked about Texas – being an experience like no other and how they would always have a special place in his heart because they were the first to offer. And I think Stroh, just getting him on campus the amount of times they have uh, has been really huge for him. Yeah, absolutely. The, I like how you said the offensive line pitch, they definitely have something down. Um, uh, we saw that with the results in the 2022 class, they were able to land the guys that they wanted still have one out in the air, but you know, as it looks right now, Texas is in a pretty good spot to go ahead and land Devon Campbell. Um, but yeah, looking forward to 2023 in a class where the talent is very uh, – what's the what's the right word to, to, to use here? It's not as strong as it has been in recent classes on the offensive line in the state of Texas. So looking for projects or looking for late bloomer guys is going to be, you know, what what makes the offensive line class special. And I think Kyle Flood in Texas is doing a pretty good job of that. They're not scared to offer guys um, first. Uh, as you said, Connor Stroh and Jaden Chapman, uh, they were two guys that Texas offered first on the offensive line. But then just kind of looking around, you got guys like Harris Sewell, Ian Reed from Austin Vandegrift that just been added to the board, TJ Shanahan. You know, there's still a chance to make this class pretty special, and I think uh, Kyle Flood's doing a pretty good job early on. We're going to get into a couple of those new offers here in a second. I just want to finish this out with Ashton Cozart. Um, you know, Cozart at one time was going to make a commitment uh, last fall. Um, looked like Oklahoma was in position, and, and literally I think he was going to do it the day Lincoln Riley left. So that kind of threw his recruitment up in the air. Texas has reengaged with Brendan Marion, um, and Cozart said, you know, I kind of just wanted to come back and see Texas one more time, and it ended up really surpassing my expectations this visit. So, um, you know, he's going to narrow his list. TCU will be in there. I think Oklahoma is going to be a factor. I could see USC in the mix now. Uh, but I think Texas will get an official visit for for Cozart. Yeah, that's that's definitely an interesting one, just based on how close he was to locking things down with Oklahoma, not even I guess two months ago. Um, and now you know other schools are getting involved, other schools are going to have a shot. So uh, it's definitely an interesting development with Cozart. Let's talk a little bit about a couple of those new offers. Uh, that's all, the other thing that kind of always comes out of of Junior Day is is new faces. Um, you know, Texas got on the board for some guys who are committed elsewhere. They got on the board early for some some really intriguing 2024 prospects. And we're starting to see position groups kind of shape out a little bit with some of these offers. Um, you know, just the ones that stood out to me, Nick, and I'm going to let you do, you know, do yours as well. Um, Ian Reed, who you mentioned earlier, big offensive lineman, really love his film. And the fact that he's a rugby player, you know, obviously shows he can move. He's well-conditioned, really big body. He fits that giant human model that that Kyle Flood loves. Uh, and, and I think, you know, the Vandergrift product 
um, did talk about how special it was for Texas to be the offer, you know, being an Austin kid. So uh, I think they're, they've done a good job there or getting in early Kyle Parker uh, from Lovejoy, uh, a guy that, you know, we've seen a lot. He's got some dynamic playability on the outside, can push defenses deep, um, and and is a guy that I think Texas is making a priority uh, in this receiver class. Braylon Shelby and Tyler Turner, uh, two guys I really like the offers for. Turner, um, I probably wasn't as familiar with him coming into the weekend, uh, but, you know, going back and, and watching some film, really love what I saw there. He's a Baylor commit, um, but – I think Texas has given him something to think about. I think that we could see, you know, he did tell me he's just going to take his visits. So I think Texas will get visits from, from him. And that's just another name in that safety melting pot. Um, and then Colton Vosick from Westlake, a guy that we saw playing alongside Ethan Burke, um, a guy that we saw have the same build as Ethan Burke and probably a little more production and ability uh, at the high school level. I think Texas if they were going to be in that race, they needed to offer this this past weekend, and they did that. So um, it was definitely good to see as he continues to rise. Nick, who are a couple of the other offers that you, you really liked out of this group? I'll go with 2024, guys, since you went with mainly 2023. I will mention, though, Cameron Cook out of Round Rock, Stony Point, the uh, running back. It's becoming more and more clear now that Texas wants to take a two-running back class. And, you know, Ruben Owens is going to be at the top of that board until he makes his decision. Uh, but looking at a guy who could possibly counteract uh, a Ruben Owens in a class, I think Cameron Cook is a really good option. He's he's really good in the receiving game. He's really fast out in the open field. Um, you know, I think he's going to be an interesting change of pace type of back if uh, that's what Texas decides to use him as. Uh, but going down the 2024 list, uh, they went pretty crazy in the secondary. Kobe Black from Waco Connolly loved that offer. Kadavian Dodson, we've talked about him on the podcast here a few times, uh, defensive back from Duncanville. Uh, Corey and Gibson, the safety from Lancaster, uh, that's another one, as well as Hunter Modden, the athlete from uh, Clear Lake. Uh, granted, he does have potential on both sides of the ball, but I think his potential is a little bit better at corner. Um, but then I think probably my favorite 2024 offer was Freddie DeBose out of Shirts Clemens. Um, you know, that's a guy that uh, I had actually saw his film back in November. We have a good friend down in San Antonio who had told me that Texas has been in contact. So I went ahead and watched his film, got familiar with him. And uh, sure enough, I loved what I saw and uh, didn't even realize he was coming in for the visit this weekend. But he, he came in, got the offer. And now uh, it's just him, Micah Hudson and Jamari Colley, a.k.a. Wildman out of sock that have uh, been offered as wide receivers in the 2024 class in the state of Texas. So, um, you know, he's definitely already a high priority. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say Wildman is a, a receiver offer for Texas. Yeah. I think they look at him long term as a, a defensive line guy. The funny thing about Dubose was, like, you, you know how that thing goes. There's a million kids coming out um, of the building, and we're trying to catch them all. And, you know, sadly, like, I'd love to talk to all of them, but we got to prioritize the guys who have offers. And Dubose was just kind of standing there, and I was just like, hey, man, how did it go? You know, I didn't know him. I had never met him. I never really talked to him um, and just was like, Hey, how'd it go? And he was like, good. I got, I got offered. And I was like, Oh, cool. So let's uh, let's talk. So a uh, really nice kid. I uh, look forward to, to getting to know him a little more. All right. If you're listening on the podcast right now, we're going to take a very small break and you're going to hear from some of our sponsors. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's transition here, Nick. Uh, You were out in Hawaii, as you said. I know the Poly Bowl, it, it didn't turn out probably the way you expected it would when you booked the trip, which is, that's so tough. And it was tough with us doing all-star games this year too, because it's like, well, we booked this trip. We're going, doesn't matter how many kids drop out or get sick or anything like that. And, you know, Texas was supposed to have Malik Murphy and Malik Ogbo playing in this game. Neither did. Uh, But Nick, you were still able to see a Texas target while you were out there. You were able to uh, talk to another big time target and Harold Perkins and just tell us about, you know, your experience on the island. Yeah, absolutely. Well, initially, I, whenever I booked the trip, I expected four uh, commits to, to be to be in the game. Uh, Kelvin Banks was on the initial roster. He didn't end up making the final roster. I guess he couldn't make the trip. So that was one that dipped out pretty early on. And then Malik Murphy and Larry Turner Gooden, those were two guys that, um, you know, d- didn't end up making the trip because of injuries. Malik hurt his ankle in the state championship. Um, his last high school game. So he's been nursing that. And if you go back and read the insider that, you know, Mike and I accumulated this morning, um, he's still working his way back from that injury here in, in winter conditioning. And then uh, Malik Ogbo, I was like, okay, we can at least get the nicest man on the planet. Great kid. And sure enough, I, I show up and he didn't even make the trip out because he tested positive for COVID. So um, ended up just uh, kind of being able to look around and watch guys and ended up having a pretty good time just being able to you know, focus on guys that I maybe hadn't seen before. There were some guys that caught my eye, and I think that one that maybe Big 12 fans would kind of appreciate is George Mayle. He's an offensive lineman from Utah that is going to be going to Baylor. Um, I, I really liked what I saw from him. I think he was one of the better offensive linemen that I saw during the uh, All-Star Game circuit, I guess, if you want to call it, uh, these last couple of weeks. Um, Jaleel Skinner, he was really good. Travis Hunter was awesome, as always. Um, and then I was able to talk to Harold Perkins a little bit after the game. And uh, just kind of see where he's at. Um, this was the day before he committed or decommitted from uh, Texas A&M. Um, and I could kind of tell his mind was elsewhere at that point. Uh, I, I asked, you know, a, a few questions. One, has Jackson State been involved? And he said yes. Um, he'd been talking with Travis Hunter and Kevin Coleman and hanging out with them quite a bit during the week. Um, and I asked if there were an option. He said no. I said, okay, well, is Texas an option? And he said, for sure. So we're going to see where that one goes. I think it's going to get pretty wild and pretty hectic over the course of the next week. Um, you know, signing day is next Wednesday. Uh, we will we'll see, you know, how that, uh, how that saga ends. But, you know, I think Texas is in that race. But if I had to pick a school right now, I'd probably say Florida is the one that ends up winning. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens as uh, we lead up to national signing day. Um, but yeah, just kind of talking about my trip to Hawaii, it was, it was fantastic, uh, on the Friday before the game, made the trip up to the North side of the Island to see, uh, 2023 four-star linebacker target Leona Leafau out of Kahuku high school, which, uh, I, I, I wrote on my experience in Kahuku earlier this week in the Leona article, but I mean, that's, by the way, I, I want to say that was a really good feature story. Um, and I'd like to direct everybody to go check it out. It was a really cool, you kind of were able to, to visualize it. I think you painted the picture pretty well. So, uh, yeah, everybody go check that out. I appreciate that. That was, that was definitely the, uh, the goal there, but it, it was awesome. You know, as you come into uh, the, the town, you see the Kahuku red Raider flags flying everywhere. It looks like you're in Alito or Highland park or a big, crazy, you know, Texas town, but, um, it's uh, just a football crazed Hawaiian town on Oahu. And uh, they were having a one-on-one session at just a, a city park. 
with most of the the high school kids and some Hawaii university players came down as well to, to compete. And the entire town was there. There was probably eight to 10,000 people just circled around this park, watching kids go through one-on-ones. It was, it was quite interesting. Um, and I got to meet Leona Leaf out in person finally after talking to him on DMS for, I feel like it's been six or eight months and a great, fantastic kid. Um, you know, Texas is most likely going to get an official visit out of him. Um, he's looking at Utah, Oregon, uh, USC, uh, Oklahoma, and Texas as his potential official visits as of now. Uh, so we'll see how that one shakes out. And, you know, I think if I had to pin a, a school that I think he could probably end up at, it would have to be somewhere in the Pac-12. But I think if Texas can pull him out of the Pac-12, then I think they probably have the best shot there. Um, but aside from that, you know, great trip. Um, I, I, need to, I need to go back and at some point and, you know, spend a week because it, it was fantastic. Tell me you at least had some good food. And the weather was good. Oh, absolutely. The weather was phenomenal. Had some great, fantastic food throughout the week. I can't even pinpoint one thing that I had. It was just all pretty, pretty dang awesome. The fish was incredible. The shrimp was incredible. It was great. You talked Harold Perkins. I think for Texas, if you look at us going, you know, into signing day, there's really three main targets on the board. And I would classify them as really good chance. Eh, kind of, we'll see, and not much of a chance at all. And that would lining those guys up would be Devon Campbell, Harold Perkins, Jacoby Matthews. Well, you talked Perkins for Matthews. I mean, he's kind of had lip service to Texas, but I just I don't see it happening, especially with him not being able to get back to campus. Same thing I'd add about Harold is that unless Harold shows up randomly today or tomorrow in Austin, it's hard to see Texas kind of closing that deal. Um, down the stretch. Now, you know, you know, and I know talking to people, they will tell you, look, man, we have no clue what Harold's going to do. Um, this kid could do anything, but just leaning on my experience in the industry and, and seeing recruitments like this, it's just hard to see it playing out if he doesn't make that return trip. The thing, the, the kid that I do think Texas closes the deal with is Devon Campbell. And it's been so long, right, Nick, that Texas has kind of seemed like the front runner for him. Um, I don't think Devon would ever say that, but it's just, I mean, it's just kind of been the case uh, where Texas is, if not the number one school, it's right up there at the top for the schools he mentions most often. Um, they've kind of run wire to wire as this leader. And now we're down to, to hit, uh, Texas and Oklahoma uh, for Campbell for the five-star offensive lineman. And I think, you know, in the end, I've, I've always said this recruitment really reminds me of the Alfred Collins recruitment which coincidentally enough is where Nick and I first really started to work together was I was courting Nick to, uh, to our site. And I said, why don't you join me at an Alfred Collins uh, commitment announcement? We'll talk some more. And, uh, we went and ate that day. And that was really when our, when our love started to bloom for each other. Um, <laughs> but it, it does feel like that, right? Like Texas out in front for so long, Oklahoma making a late push, but Texas winning in the end. I just, I think in the end, everything makes sense for Campbell to Texas. Um, and, and, you know, if it gets done, what what else can you say about Kyle Flood and this job he's done along the offensive line? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he got all of his guys for the most part. Um, all of the guys that showed legitimate interest in Texas, he was able to go out and grab, whether it be in-state or out-of-state. You know, if they can land Devon Campbell, then, you know, that's almost the perfect picture. You couldn't ask for anything more, especially given how recent classes have gone on the offensive line. All right, so I think, and and 
Devon will announce his college decision on National Signing Day Wednesday at 4 p.m. Uh, at Arlington Bowie High School. And much like Alfred Collins, an end-of-the-day announcement, because I remember having yeah. to wait around in Austin all day long uh, for Collins. I, I remember something funny about Alfred Collins' uh, decision. So what he was going to do was pop a balloon and the color of the school he chose would, you know, erupt into like powder or whatever. And his final three schools were Texas, Oklahoma, and Alabama. So we were sitting there looking at each other. Well, if it's red, we're not going to know who it is. <laughs> yes, yes, I do recall. That was one of the more, uh, one of the more uh, creative announcements I can recall. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll have you covered. Uh, full coverage of that event uh, next Wednesday over and signing day as a whole on Orange 24-7. All right. Uh, our final subject of the day is the top 24-7 for 2022. All the five stars have been announced. The final ranking is complete. Just a couple of stats here as it regards to Texas. Uh, the Longhorns had 10 signees and three targets on the list. Six of the 10 signees are already enrolled and on campus. So I think that as I was going through that list going, oh, wow, that guy's on campus, that guy's on campus. Not only were they able to get a big group of freshmen to campus early, they were able to get a large part of the talent uh, the high-end talent in the class there. Let's kind of start at the beginning. We mentioned Harold Perkins. He's the highest-rated guy on the list for Texas, uh, coming in at number five in the country uh, and the number one linebacker. Devon Campbell follows that up, uh, coming in number 22 in the top interior offensive lineman in the country. Um, Kelvin Banks picked up his fifth star, uh, so the Texas signee ends at number 29. I believe he's the third offensive lineman, uh, offensive tackle in the country. Jacoby Matthews uh, went uh, to uh, finished at number sixty nine. Terrence Brooks uh, at number eighty one. Jaden Blue, despite not playing, ended the year at number one hundred, which I think speaks a lot to his talent and the the way that our guys still perceive he could be a, a producer at the, at the college level. Justice Finkley had a huge week at Under Armour. He got rewarded with a sixty plus spot bump, going from one sixty eight to one hundred six. Brian Allen Jr. You know. I've seen a little bit about his ranking, and I will say um, I have talked to to Gabe Brooks, who heads up our rankings team, and he is going to join me next week uh, for a special edition of the podcast, a one-off, where we're going to talk about the rankings process and kind of the Texas class, because I know there were a lot of complaints there, um, and that's just kind of the nature of the business, but Finkley going from 168 to 106, Brian Allen, uh, who fell from 101 to 116 as guys moved up above him. Um, I would say that Allen, you know, if you watched him at Alito this year, he just didn't get a ton of action his way. You know, you play safety at a school like that, you're the last line of defense, and it's tough to see, you know, with, with the teams they were playing. They're not getting through the first 10 guys to eat you usually. So um, I thought Allen had a good year or a good week at, in Orlando, but uh, he just didn't get a lot of opportunities at Alito. Uh, Jamon Tapp and Jalen Gilbo. I wrote that they were attached during the uh, at the hip during All American Week, and, and Nick, you can attest to that. Uh, they end up ranked exactly together at, at uh, uh, let's see, one twenty six for Tap and one twenty seven for Gilbo. So uh, fitting that those two would kind of end right next to each other when uh, we saw them uh, create such a, a great relationship at the All American Bowl. Brennan Thompson. Uh, saw a small fall after his injury this year from 120 to finish at 134. Uh, Nato Omeozulu had the big bump from 216 to 169. And then Malik Murphy, uh, he went uh, from 181 to 194, and that finishes out 
the group. Nick, any thoughts on the rankings overall or uh, Texas targets or what, which way do you want to go with this? Um, you, you know, as the class developed and especially right before, you know, some, some more highly ranked guys joined the class, uh, I, I found it pretty interesting that a lot of high four-star um, guys ended up in the class. And I was actually just kind of surfing around um, yesterday whenever the rankings came out, just kind of see, you know, if there were any trends. And um, only three schools in the country uh, finished with, uh, I believe it was 18 four-stars. And Texas, Texas A&M, and Alabama. So I found that pretty interesting that Texas was able to grab a ton of four-stars. Uh, granted, they are a lot of high four-star talent guys and even some low four-star talent guys. Like uh, if we're looking at the composite, Ethan Burke, Zach Swanson, Cole Hudson, but even top-end talent such as Terrence Brooks, Nato Omeozulu, and Jay Montap, et cetera. Um, you know, I found that pretty interesting. I, I think they were able to find some guys that, you know, have some high ceilings but maybe haven't topped out at the high school level just yet. So we'll see how they develop at the next level. I do want to say our rankings guys put a ton of work into this, and I know I'm sounding like a, a broken record if you read the site yesterday as I defended them from the onslaught of angry fans. Um, you may not always agree, but there's a lot that goes into this. It's not just an all-star game. It's not just the senior season. It's not just seven-on-seven. Um, you know, I thought Cooper Patagna, who is who part of that rankings crew, really broke it down in the national thread by saying, you know, there's a million factors we consider, but in the end, it really comes down to the measurables, height, weight, speed. Um, and I think that when you look at what Texas has there, there's a lot to be encouraged with. You know, maybe maybe you think Chris Ross should have been in the top 247, or maybe you think Nato should have been higher ranked, but I think for, for the most part, our guys have done a fantastic job ranking this class. They've always been involved in reaching out and soliciting our feedback on it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm definitely going to get into that more with Gabe so that our listeners can have a little more understanding kind of where this process goes. Nick, anything you want to add on this, uh, this top 247 before we, uh, before we shut it down? No, that's about it on the rankings. All right, well, uh, we, we, we had a little more meat for you on the bone this week. Next week uh, will be signing day, and uh, after that, vacation. So thank the Lord. Um, <laughs> I will be uh, taking my customary post-signing day vacation. So the schedule, again, it's going to get thrown off a little bit, but you know we'll be back uh, pretty solidly after that, after we get vacations and everything out of the way. Uh, Nick, anything else you want to add? Anything you're looking at in the next couple weeks or uh, – Anything uh, you'd like to say to our listeners? You know, I, I realized as you mentioned the Alfred Collins story a little bit earlier that tomorrow is my two-year anniversary working for Horns 247, January 28th. So uh, it's been kind of crazy. And it's crazy that only about six, month, six months of those has been during an open period or evaluation period, rather. So it's been pretty wild, but hey, it's been a fun two years. We are so glad to have you. I think, uh, you know, that. Uh, I give you a lot, and just uh, let me pull back the curtain. I was giving Nick all sorts of hell on Saturday night as I was driving back from Austin, um, and he's telling me about Hawaii, and I'm freezing to death. And uh, you know how and, I feel about this topic. <laughs> and, and I think Nick took it to heart, and I was really just kidding with him. Nick's done a phenomenal job. I I was kind of like, oh, that's a nice vacation you you got yourself there, Nick, as a work trip. Uh, but Nick's done a phenomenal job. Nobody does. I mean. Literally the week before that, Nick went to like five things in Houston. So uh, nobody's done a better job than Nick um, in just really attacking this role. So we're, we're glad to have him. And, uh, nobody deserved that trip to Hawaii more, even me. So, um, all right, 
we're going to get out of here. We will see you guys next week. As always, we thank you guys for uh, contributing. I think we're going to do a mailbag next week. Um, we'll we'll talk go. a little bit about the signing day stuff, but maybe we'll we'll, we'll get the mailbag up and running next week. Uh, we've got the behind-the-scenes article coming at Horns 24-7. If you're not a member, that's kind of where we pull back the curtain and tell all the secrets of everything that happened uh, during the year, during the recruiting cycle, all the stuff we couldn't say during the year. Uh, so if you've ever seen me say, well, I can't talk about it right now, uh, it usually comes out in a big compilation, and Nick and I are cultivating that Google Doc right now, and I believe it's uh, it's probably close to 5,000 words at the moment. So, Oh, way uh, more than that. It's really? like 25 pages at the moment. I think it's closer to like 10,000 words. Okay, so a lot of stuff. Uh, we're going to have a ton of stuff. You're going to want to be a member of Horns 24-7 for that. If you see at the bottom, we have an amazing promo going for you right now. It is our National Signing Day special. It's scrolling right there along the bottom 60 percent off of your first year at horns 24 7 um, and you can get all of our recruiting coverage in deep remember that we kind of only give you the the scraps here on the podcast but you get the meat uh when you read the site all right uh for nick harris uh thank you taylor estes for producing i'm mike roach and we will see you guys next week you can now relive the best moments of the uefa champions league 24 7 the UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.